Hi guys, we are back with another, I like to call it live from bed, but we are yes. live from the motherfucking dollhouse. Our favorite place to be. Catherine is here live in the flesh, which I'm so happy about. Drinking champagne. Drinking the most random champagne. We're drink- <laughs> this is John Legend's champagne <laughs> company, which I don't know how I ended up with. I think it was an engagement gift. It's good. It's hitting the spot. Yeah, it is. It's bubbly. It's rosé colored. It's, it's tasty. Getting, yeah, it's as lubricated as we need to be. You know, it's yeah. getting us where we need to go. First of all, it feels like it's been a long time since we've done it, it live. Well, because we had like a little break and we did a few in kind of quick succession. Yeah. And now it feels like it's been a zillion years. I know. Like I missed this. I feel like we all missed each other. But Same. a lot of the feedback I'm getting regarding my wedding recently. Uh-huh is how excited people are to meet you. <gasps> like you are the really? cele- yes. You are the celebrity <laughs> of the wedding. Like everyone's like I'm dying to meet Catherine. Like am I going to be seated near Catherine? Like if people want to like talk to you. I am so I'm like starstruck no, by myself. Yes. <laughs> By yourself. <laughs> People really want to get to know you. I'm, like, I'm so pleased. I'm like, she will be there. It's a thing. People are excited. I'm so happy. We have both of our dogs here, which who will not be at the wedding, which is a tragedy. No, because, you know, flying to an island, not an island nation. Just right, just an, an, island. an island and like being a fat pug is not it's really not. conducive for that whole thing. No, so we, don't we're going to have to quarantine. Them. I think they have to quarantine. Yes, and for... I'm like, they're like, yeah, you just surrender your dog at the airport. I'm like, oh, surrender. No. Surrender is not a verb I use with Taco. <laughs> like that's truly like just out of my wheelhouse. I cannot handle <sighs> it. But I, I'm like kind of overwhelmed by how much we have to talk about. But oh well, my let's God. just get I'm excited. fucking into it. Listen, if we have to split it into two, we can split it into two. Oh, wonderful. But no, but this is this is the first of many solo uh, solo question mark episodes mm-hmm, you'll mm-hmm, get. Mm-hmm. You know, solo-ish. But we have like a jam-packed season coming your way. Yes, we do. Yeah, it's good shit. Yeah. A lot of good guests. But like we need to make time for our, I you know, know for our, hangs. our solo Jade and Catherine yes. episodes. Because like people like those. We like them, too. We no, love them. We have already recorded several of these episodes for this new season, yeah. and there are some ones that, frankly, are just, so like, excited. real big gets. I know. I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm really excited for everyone to hear them. Like, some of them are just, and they're kind of weird. Uh-huh. Some of they're them, not straight down the line. They're, like, yeah. unexpected. It's it's unexpected. It's going to be really good. I'm so excited for people to hear them. Yeah. So there's a lot of things I want to start with. I feel like we should talk about the housewives questions you have. Just start off yes. softball. You know what I mean? Like, let's yes. just go into it with the universal favorite, ever, a crowd favorite. Everyone loves housewives. <laughs> it was a little overcast this morning, mm-hmm. and it's so crazy. Like, the second I see a cloud, I get this craving. Like, it takes over my body. To put on Real Housewives of New Jersey. Specifically. Specifically. Old, like, Christmas episodes, New Year's oh. episodes, Thanksgiving episodes. Yeah. And maybe it's, like, the Italian, New York, Brooklyn, their Jersey kind of vibe of yeah. my family. But, like, oh, my God, does it set my nervous system. You want to crawl under the covers. Oh, my God, it's the best. It is, like, a drug to me. It's the best feeling. I love that. And maybe also because those, like, holiday times are more gray where it's, yes. you know, East Coast. Yeah. And I'm like, want it to be Christmas so bad. I know. You're ready. I live like my whole year waiting for Christmas. Listen, I'm not ready for it. I'm are like, really? give me Halloween. I need to get through Halloween and then you can Christmas all you want. Yeah, I do have to like shop for 31. I think I counted 31 family members this year between Hanukkah and Christmas. Oh my God. 31. You will be broke. 150%. <laughs> no, you don't understand. And every year my family is like, 
Okay, we're doing Secret Santa next year because we're all like yeah. broke. Like yeah. genuinely, it's expensive. Well, and like how and do we you have an intimate knowledge of 31 people's like wishes and desires? Right. It's and tough. then some people are like inspiring and some people are extremely uninspiring. And then uh-huh. like those randomly are the ones you end up spending the most on. Yeah. It's like when you don't buy a gift until like the last second. Like and then you're on your way to the party and you have to spend more than you would yep. because like. You're, you're in a pickle yeah. and you got to stop somewhere random. Right. Yeah. But no, you don't totally. watch Housewives. Back to Housewives. So not really. I didn't. I So I watched the first ever season, which mm-hmm. was Orange County. Mm-hmm. And I, I liked it, but I never really like got hooked. Totally. And then last or a couple years ago when a real it's Housewives. overwhelming to like start now. There's like so much. There's so much. It's like the Marvel universe. Yeah. No, it is. <laughs> it's a, it is. Probably more hours. I'm sure a lot yeah, more it hours. Is. It is. So last. Last year during the pandemic, I started watching Real Housewives of Salt Lake City because yeah. I'm obsessed with anything Mormon. Right. Are the little catchphrases that they say in the beginning yes. meant to be terrible? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so some of them, like especially like first season of New York, uh-huh. are like insane. Like one of them says, like, I like Ramona's, you guys, for my fellow like crazy people. Ramona in New York says her first episode or her first like two seasons, I think they used it for like two seasons, said, I like to make my own money. I find that an aphrodisiac, right? So like completely <laughs> just like not real English. No. I, uh, listen back, guys. I'm 100% right. Don't <laughs> test me on this. I find that an aphrodisiac. So like, I think at first, at first, if we really want to get into the history of it, yes. I think at first they were things that they heard on the show and then, and then said, would repurpose. Got it. Then they turned into like people's own things. But now like people have had like one good idea and then it's like, it, it, some people like reuse it for other franchises, yeah. you know? So I think it is the producers like make it up. Because okay. sometimes they are pretty cringy. Yeah, like the Mary Cosby one in oh the my second God, which one? season. Well, yeah, of course. Is if she you is... come for me, I will send Jesus after you. Right, which is so Mary Cosby <laughs> if you know her. Yeah, it is. But I was like, oh girl, that's no, strong. That's not even like the worst of the worst. There's like insane. Because at first they were like typecasting. So like Lisa Vanderpump would be like, life isn't all diamonds and rose, but it should be, which is like <laughs> innocuous, cute, fine. and yeah. whatever. Yeah. But there are some weird fucking ones like. <laughs> Kyle Richards always revolve around like this town or like Beverly Hills is my playground or like I was born and raised in, in Beverly Hills. This is my town. I'm not the richest girl in Beverly Hills, but I am the luckiest. It's always some sort of combination of like her family being lucky with or without money and Beverly Hills, which is its own flavor of stupidity. But then Kristen Takeman, I'll never forget you guys. I mean, this is a, like... You have to really know Real Housewives of New York to get this one. Hers were so dumb. I think she was on like two seasons, maybe maximum. But hers was, I'll never forget this, because the first time I heard it, I was like shook. It's, I may not be the sharpest tool in the shed, but at least I'm pretty or some bullshit. They're all kind of cringy, but some are extremely, extremely stupid. Okay. And second of all, I know I'm not the first person to ask this, but I am curious what the stakes are, because... Why are these women all hanging out together? They're like, it's my friend group, but like, it doesn't necessarily seem like they're no. all real okay. friends. Okay. So basically, other than like Jersey, who were actually family and I think did start out as friends, like Caroline Manzo, Jacqueline Larita, these are, this just goes out to all my <laughs> Bravo crazy people. Those people were like actually friends. And then they brought on okay. siblings and like family members, cousins. So like they yeah. all obviously naturally were in the same So like they ecosystem. have to like keep it right, keep it tight, and like they not don't. piss everybody out. Oh, they don't. They like <laughs> piss each other. They like go crazy. But 
I think now with Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, like Crystal Kung Minkoff is not best friends with Kathy Hilton. They're not in the same friend group. Kyle and Kathy are sisters, but Kyle, I guess, became friends with Teddy Mellencamp, but like they weren't, they didn't start off that way. I think they become now friends because of the show. Sure. Rather than like starting with a friend group, which I think it was initially like intended to be. Mm -hmm. Now it's like you kind of have to take yourself out of it and be like, these people don't hang out outside Mm. of the show, which I think they also want because then all of the drama happens on on the the show. show. But now the age difference is insane. Like that's what I mean by Kathy and Crystal is like Crystal's like 30 something. Right. And Kathy's like 60. They all used to be a little. Same age. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's like a little weird and like people aren't just naturally Mm -hmm. friends, you know? Yeah. So I have 57,000 things to talk to you about. Like, I'm so excited. Truly. Let's start out with, other than the obvious cellulite, I hate my knees, or knees could be one of them, whatever. <laughs> What's like something obscure on your body that you're really insecure about? I can go first. Okay. Want, yeah. Let understand. me think about it for a second. I am really insecure like about my tongue and my hands and feet. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So like, it's so weird. Some people like have a really cute tongue out pose. Oh, no, I can't do it. You know what I mean? I also have like TMJ where I clench. So my tongue is like ridged on the end with teeth marks. And it's like a big insecurity of mine. Like there are little things and like you're not allowed to be insecure about that stuff. Like really? My hands and feet. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I want to take a picture of some sandals or like my feet walking into the beach or whatever. And because I want to see your feet. My, my big toe. Well, my I just was telling Catherine, I have a size five and a half, like yes. sometimes six foot. But you think they'd be cute. But like my big toe looks like it ate the serving the of rest all of the, the toes. Toe. Yeah, like, yeah, 100%. <laughs> so like it's like not a cute foot situation. Yeah. But I feel like we don't get enough representation of those ugly parts of us. Yeah. Because like they're also the parts that the editing apps aren't made for. No app is going to like make mm-hmm. your toe a little skinny. I guess you could but it would, like end up looking <laughs> weird. Those like little things are real yeah. things. The tongue is the window to the soul. A lot of people don't know that. Like some it is doctors, the window to your health. Well, that's yeah, for it, sure. It is. Even having those clench marks or like mm-hmm. having a coating or the color. Yeah. It can really tell a lot about you. And people are coming out here just sticking out their tongue like it's normal. But they don't know that people are educated like me and are looking at their tongues for some serious health issues. <laughs> Not everybody just looks cute that way. I've tried to take those pictures and I'm just like, it's not a thing. tongues and it doesn't like, (laughs) you know what I mean? You got to stick it out a certain way for it to like look cute. But some people look so cute with their tongue out. Some people do. And it's it's a privilege, not a right. (laughs) I would agree with that. So I would say if we're talking like actually really insecure about, I would say. No, I'm really insecure about those things. My eyes are, like, slightly uneven. Aren't everyone's? So that, yeah. You just gave me another. I'm like, I, mine are for sure uneven. I thought it was, like, normal. <laughs> I mean, we're all a little bit uneven, unless you're, like, I don't know, Carly Kloss or somebody. I know. But, like, yeah, I guess symmetrical faces, like, yeah. that's really unique. I mean, I don't even know who has one. Almost like Priyanka Chopra. For sure. Yeah. But, like, like, y- like my it. lips are lopsided. My nose is lopsided. Even after the surgery, I will <laughs> let you guys all know. You know, it's just an, I have an uneven yeah. face. Yeah, we all do. And, like, someone pointed it out one time. Like, oh, your eyes look really uneven in this picture. Who was that fucking A bitchy cunt? friend. A terrible yeah, friend. A horrible friend. friend. Yes. The thing is, I had never noticed it about myself. Sounds like a projection on her part. Yeah. You, you actually know? might be right. Yeah, I'm like, fuck right. you. Like, don't look at me that hard. Like, you weirdo. <laughs> Are you obsessed with me? Yeah. like you've, I mean, you should be, but. My sister always used to give me the, this advice. If ever someone, like, came up to me and said something confrontational I didn't like, 
the best reaction is to say their breath is bad because then they have to like go back to their friends and be like, and then she said my breath was bad. Breath, Ooh, it's a good. good like shut up and like go away. That's amazing. Yeah. So if anyone oversteps, just be like, oh, go brush your teeth, girl. Yeah, your breath is so bad. Just take away from the conversation entirely, <laughs> even if you did something wrong. Even if you did something, <laughs> just best even if you are fully at fault and you have wronged people, yes, just tell them their breath is bad and everyone will go away forever. Uh, yeah. So I just want to focus on something that I think we all can relate to, and if we can't, you're lying. But I just was like with my family for a long period of time, and I think it was like Ram Dass said this. Mm-hmm. Someone said this. I'll correct myself if I'm wrong, but someone said. If you think you're evolved, spend a week with your family, Mm. right? And I've, like, been in therapy for years. I, like, work on thyself all the time. And there's just something about, and I love my family dearly. I don't even need to disclaim that. Mm -hmm. They're all so fucking crazy. I, like, (laughs) there's just something about. You said that like a compliment. Yeah. I know you meant it that way. No, I do. A hundred (laughs) percent. Like, normal equals boring. Crazy equals exciting. Yeah. There's just something that I think is so humbling about spending, and we're coming upon the holidays and stuff, Mm -hmm. so I just want to drive this home. I said to my therapist verbatim, I was like, you can do as much therapy as you want. You can make all the money you want off of me, but there is just nothing that can stack in comparison to, like, what my family can do to me. Yep. You become... The, like, most wimpy version of yourself where you're, like, crying over some perceived slight of your family or your sister or your sister. (laughs) Oh, are you talking about your sister? It reduces you to your basest self, your lizard brain, your childhood self. Yes. Where you have no defenses. And then, like, you're upset about the thing that happened or, like, the way that your family made you feel. Yes. But then you're also upset about the fact that it still gets you. Yes. You know? Yes. It's like, haven't I grown past this? Aren't I an adult? And you're still able to deduce me into, like, the most infantilized, like, whatever perception you had of me as a child. Mm -hmm. Like, it's really wild. I have a relative that threw a lot of temper tantrums as a child. Mm -hmm. And, like, this is the most benign example that I'm going to use. Like, trust me, my family has come for me in other ways that are not this. Mm -hmm. But the amount of times that this person is, like, a 40-year-old individual now. Yeah. The amount of times that people in my family bring up that they were, like, the most unpleasant child. Yeah. When they had, like, no control over their actions or, like, anything. Yeah, or, like, five or whatever. Like, younger even. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know if it even bothers them, but it bothers me for them. Because I'm like, you can grow and change as much as you want. But we've said this in other episodes. I think people, especially family, like to remember the version of you they had the most power over. Ooh, you know? yes. So I think that really comes into play also. And yep. you're like, you almost forget who you are. Something that surprised me, my sister and I had like a knockdown drag out a couple years ago. Yeah. And my sister's older than me. She's kind of the all-powerful one that I've always felt. We could have a she whole can... fucking episode. Oh, okay. Jessica, we're calling you on older sisters. Older sibling yes. sisters. It's a they breed. hold you in the palm of their hand. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, honestly, this is a support. This, fuck this podcast. It's going to turn into <laughs> a, younger, a younger sister support group. Yes. Like, I love you, older sisters. You guys yes. really hold down the fort in a lot of ways. But boy, do you traumatize the shit that out of the rest of us. That is absolutely true. It's Both fucked. parts of that are true. Yes. But like several years ago, she had gotten a divorce. She was dating. And I tried to make a joke about like, who would want to date you? Mm-hmm. Like you have these two crazy kids. Uh-oh, 
Yes. And I truly meant it as a joke of like, because you have if these she two crazy knew, kids. If she knew the way that you thought about her, actually, exactly. she wouldn't have been offended. Exactly. Right. And it was a stupid joke. And I like didn't really like obviously didn't get a laugh, but like she didn't really seem that upset at the time. But years later, like two years later, when she was getting married to her now husband, we were like hashing out all with this very dramatic knockdown drag out the dinner. I'll do that for you. Uh huh. And she was like, this is the thing you said that hurt me so much. Like, oh. Who would want it at you? And she was like in tears. And I had no idea that like I could also hurt her. Interesting. Because we know? do feel kind. No, 100%. That's so true. Yeah. It's like because also like they're so revered mm-hmm. in our younger sibling mind. And I think my sister would resonate with this. We don't think that they have the same sensitivities because no. they go around all the place They're like all stomping powerful. around. Yes. yes, they are like a genie. They're right. that's not the right thing. Right, but it's like a totally different thing. Yeah, they're giving us our way in the world. They're showing us the ropes. Totally, totally. Yeah. So there's like that level of family that's like your immediate family. Mm-hmm. If you get into the modern family world, that's mixed with your immediate family trauma, and then there's like yeah. the in law world where you're like mm-hmm. kind of gagged meaning like you yep. can't you can't give say it stuff. a muzzle you yep. know like you can't say certain things and i think that's hard too because then sometimes even like your modern family will adopt the perception of you that your immediate family has on you but mm-hmm. you have less like you can't like smack them in the face yeah. like you, you can't, can't bite back right right so it's like really like oh it's really and, like for me there are the amount of times that like my therapist and people that love me and have given me good advice have been like, just swallow it. Just take it. Mm-hmm. Just know that you have a life outside of that. You're building yeah. this incredible family that you want. You know what I mean? Despite all of that advice, especially for, as you guys know who I am by this point, I'm loud. I say things like when there's something to be talked about, I say it. Like I yeah. like that being a spitfire is part of my brand, yep. you know? And yep. like when I can't be that person because mm-hmm. of the company that I'm around, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a self-betrayal. Like, it feels like a self-betrayal. Yeah. And I think it should feel like self-preservation. It's like I'm doing it because I'm actually the bigger person. But sometimes being the bigger person does not – it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. And then you feel like you've, like, betrayed yourself by not standing up for yourself. almost like you're swallowing back poison or something. Yeah. But that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You know? So it's like – And I think, you know, it's to a certain extent, too, because – Yes, are you keeping the peace? Sure. Right. But then there are At also times. Yeah. I remember years ago, I was with a family member. I was with a bunch of family members. And this family member chose to, like, call me out for having gay friends. And oh, I fully called this person a bigot in front of the entire family. Right. And at the time... See, I'm like, go, girl. I'm yes. the worst advice ever. Yes. Yeah. No, but at the time, everyone was like, how could you say that? You're ruining family vacation, blah, but blah, blah. how could blah. they say that to How you? could they say that to me? And now, fast forward a few years when we're all like, no, you call a fucking bigot out where you see it. No, you, like, deal with issues as they arise. Like, no, like, the Fox News generation is not it. And it's okay to say something about it. You know what I mean? At the same time, you do know you're going to continue to see those people. You're going to see each other. It's going to come up. That's the thing, especially, like, with step family or in-laws or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, you all of a sudden are also doing it for, let's say, like, you know, I, I do adore my stepdad. So, like, he's not a great example. But, like, let's say, like, my stepdad says something out of line. Like, I'm swallowing it be- for my mom. 
You know right. what I mean? And so then you're doing right. it and like, or if my in-laws say something, I'm doing yeah. it for my husband. Yep. Who I don't have, my whatever he is. Yeah. That's where it also gets tricky because you're like, okay, I'm doing this in the name of loving someone else. But yeah. like as a complete sacrifice of myself and my well-being. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I find myself, and I was saying this to my therapist, having to completely adopt a different personality to the point where like someone will say something about podcasts and mm-hmm. I'm like, Wow, those sound nice. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even mention that I have one. Like, I abandon myself yeah. so wholeheartedly yeah. because I'm like, if I even engage, like, this is not going to end well for anyone. Yeah, nobody's going to be happy here. Right. But you know what? Here is something I'm trying to sit with. So I'm trying to give myself space from feeling like things need to be fixed right now. Right. Like, I had recently a friendship fight which was very dumb, and I was very upset about it, and I frankly spent a lot more talking about it in therapy than she did. Right. But, always do. <laughs> you know, my therapist was like, yes, you do need to talk to her about it, but, like, what if it's next month? There's some power in, like, waiting until you meet with yeah. your therapist and talk to them because you honestly sometimes don't care as much after. Yeah. But to me, feeling safe, feeling known is something that I didn't realize would be a – more occasional thing than normal in my mm-hmm. adulthood. Like it's okay for some people to not know to, you that right. deeply. Yeah. And I'm like, how could you not know me? Like <laughs> yeah. that means you don't know me at all. You don't yeah. know where I'm coming from. That feels unsafe. Yeah. You know? And well, so and like, like you are spicy, like you said, yes. but also like you're very level-headed. You very know? sensitive like, also. <laughs> yes. yeah, but like you, when you have a thing. Yeah. You address it and you're like strong, but you're in control. Right. And I don't know how much of that is because of therapy, but also like like so much family chaos, chaos, like (laughs) truly. But it's like, you know, you and I have disagreements sometimes or like stuff that we did not even disagreements really. It's like stuff we just have to work through of like, well, what about this? What Mm -hmm. about this? This is appearing this way to me. Let's try it. But to me, I'm like our friendship is like the utmost priority. You know what I mean? So I think it's hard for me when like the family member or someone that's like a you get activated. Yes. Yes. It's like like, all your knowledge about how to act like strips away. Goes out the window. And I'm like back to this seven year old version of me who's out of control. Yes. Screaming and crying. <laughs> who's out of control, who's misunderstood. It's honestly the 13-year-old version of me who's yes. like, you have no idea what it's like. Yes. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm so like, glad I'm not the only one. You don't know how all. relieving this is. Not at all. And I'm like, God damn it. Like, I consider myself to be evolved in certain ways. Totally. Like, not only that, whatever whatever ways I'm not, I like work on so hard in mm-hmm. therapy. I'm fucking medicated for Christ's sake. Mm-hmm. And I'm still like, no, these people can deduce me to- To nothing. Nothing. Yes. I worried so much. When I ventured away from, when I was young, I like worked with my family and- Which is hard. Which is so hard. And there were so many times where shit would go down because in a work environment, we were talking about something that was not at all appropriate for a work environment, but like my family couldn't separate those two things. Of course. And so I worried for a long time, like, am I going to act appropriately in a corporate environment or in just a work environment with other people? Mm -hmm. Maybe I can't do that. Maybe I'm going to be too moody, too, you know, whatever, Whatever. burst into tears, this sort of thing. And then once I stopped working with my family, it was like, oh, no, no, I'm like totally. You're a normal person. (laughs) Yes. No, totally. And then it's like you and I are people that care about how we make other people, f- I mean, not, not yes, you know, no, so truly though. And so we think about it forever. We torture ourselves forever. But sometimes you're interacting with people who 
make you feel like shit and don't think about it for two seconds longer than yep. that, you know? Yep. And like, that's a maddening thing in and mm-hmm. of itself where you're mm-hmm. like feeling misunderstood, but at the same time, like knowing that it doesn't mean anything to them. Yeah. And you're like, fuck. Okay. You know? I need to ask you about something. Yeah. How do you feel about people who give the silent treatment? Ooh. See, okay. I think on one hand, there are times where people do something to me or like we interact in a way that's unfavorable and I do need to collect myself for five seconds. Sometimes it's in a healthy way, like maybe Scorpios. No, I'm like people with like tempers in some capacity need to like collect themselves and relax until they... That was something that I had to learn with Dylan for sure. Mm. Like he would take a drive after our fights and I'd be like he's packing up and leaving it's over (laughs) like I'm like ready I'm like what's my single life gonna be like you know like there are people that I think need to do it in a healthy way and like I need to get more comfortable with that I think in a petulant way like I used to do as a teenager like I would ignore my parents in the hopes that Mm -hmm. they would come to me quicker yeah you know like I'd be like okay how long can I just not talk or like I think if it's out of if it has any sort of expectation for the other person on the other side it's unhealthy yeah I think if it's you knowing that like you will explode and you need space yeah then it's mature and healthy you know if it's to prove a point it's not right Right, right. Yeah, specifically, I mean, I think you're you're exactly right to make that distinction because yeah. when Brad and I were first married, there like there was like a pretty rocky time early yeah, on and I like I would leave the room and his aspect on that was like you're leaving the conversation, you're, you're walking away. Yes. yes. Yeah, how like we need to talk about this and if I just go in the other room and like chill the fuck out for literally 5 minutes, I'm like, okay, I can come talk to you. But we know Brad and I are the same and we know you and Dylan <laughs> That's the same. True. Yes. That's no, true. And it, but it's like I would be the person that'd be like, okay, you're done. Great. Mm-hmm. We're done. Mm-hmm. Like it's over. Like I would jump to those conclusions. But I think what was hard for me and my therapist to work through or what was hard for me to respond to that my therapist said was some people are allowed to just function from a shitty place Mm -hmm. and that's a hard pill for me to swallow because Mm -hmm. like I feel like every interaction with other people I'm constantly like where was I wrong how do I fix myself like I always almost think that I'm wrong like even if I feel like I'm right in my therapy session what do I need to fix here right and then there are some people like based on where they are in your family maybe they're the revered father or they're an in-law that you can't Mm -hmm. touch or they're a step-parent that's not your relationship There are some people that are allowed to function in a way with no repercussions, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's like a frustrating thing also because like in therapy, all you can work on is like yourself and you don't realize that then you're going to have to play in the sandbox with some pretty toxic fucking people and people that don't speak the same language as you and like family members that you love might fall in love with people that directly contrast with your personality Mm -hmm. or what you've learned or the work that you've done and they have not done the work right and it's really like it's a really taxing thing and it was really humbling to me recently when I was like triggered by my family and I was like oh I can do as much therapy as I want but then eventually I have to enter level two which is like with other people yeah and that's a scary hard thing yeah but to give you a compliment you do really well Thank you. You really do. Thank you so much. But along those lines, I will say, not but, and along those lines, I will say, my therapist said something to me a couple weeks ago. This is just a podcast about our therapist. Yes. <laughs> yes, truly. And like how much Welcome our family treated us. Yes. yes. My therapist said something to me a few weeks ago that really took the pressure off. Yeah. So I was talking about going to visit family 
And I was just like, oh, my God, I don't want to talk about this with them. Like, I'm crying. I'm like, but if I don't talk about this with them, they're going to talk shit behind my back and blah, 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 blah. I'm crying. I'm upset. And my therapist just goes, yeah, families talk shit. Mm -hmm. And like, guess what? It's just going to happen. You can remove yourself emotionally from that. Like, if you need to go sit in the other room, fine. If you need to just, like, do some work around that, do some meditations around that, that's fine. But, like... You're only responsible for yourself. I think that's a segue into another topic I wanted to talk about, which is like entering a family that's not yours, that's not similar to yours, that's different than yours in so many ways. What hills you're willing to die on and how to just assimilate but maintain your own autonomy and like agency and belief system. It's a really hard thing. It's a very, it's like a tightrope. Right. And it even like is like little things. My in-laws, honestly, we have a really great relationship. I adore them. But even little things like their friends will ask them how they feel about me not being Jewish. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, (gasps) I'm like, excuse me. Like, I'm so offended. I don't need to change. Right. No, I'm like, how dare you even want to change me? I mean, they don't. They're like, no. Right. right, right. Even like those little things that you're like, oh, I'm not in Kansas anymore. I'm not part of my family. And as much as disdain as you have for your own family and the craziness that exists there, it's your crazy. And when you enter another person's crazy, it's quite the hill to climb. It is. I have so much respect for people who either have interreligious marriages or racial interracial marriages or people from another country or another culture because it's so hard even when, like, in Brad's and I, in, in our relationship, we grew up very similarly religious and we're not really anymore. Right. Just all you have a lot of similarities, things, right? Yeah. yeah, and we've got similar values. And even with all those commonalities that we don't have to argue about, there's so much that comes up that's difficult to work through. The tiniest little thing. The things. tiniest thing. Honestly, you really just have to pick your battles. There's a hierarchy of needs. Yes. You know what I mean? You yeah. need to be like. <laughs> that's, that's a good way to put it. Right? Yeah. You need to be like, okay, like this is most important to me. I mm-hmm. won't budge on this, but like I can budge on mm-hmm. these X, Y, and Z things. And that's a really hard thing. And I think along with what we're talking about before with our families, it's like, does that translate to you as self-abandonment? Does that translate mm-hmm. to you as a defiance of where you came from or like a it's so complicated and like even just even the way people text each other is Mm. can be different than yours Mm -hmm. it can be different in the way that people go on vacation yeah i am from a resting family other people are not from a resting family (laughs) they want to do activities right and so it's it's just like all this stuff that you have to like get used to that i feel like no one talks about yeah I mean, even from just a very binary perspective, it's like Brad's family is passive aggressive. My family is aggressive. Aggressive, aggressive. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting because I think a lot of people think the healthier way is to be like the non-explosive just family. never, ever argue. That's not true. No. I come from that. Yes. You know? My therapist was actually saying, and Brad and I have had this experience I would say we fight kind of all the time, but we also like are extremely happy with exactly. each other. We know how to resolve stuff. No, you need that. Yeah. Sometimes Conflict you need like to resolve. release. Yeah. Exactly. And my therapist said like it's not all. And this was actually in relation to the friend argument I had where mm-hmm. it was like she was not wanting to engage with like fixing the issue. And I did. Right. But she's a silent she treatment person. She wanted to person. write you off. Yeah. She was a silent treatment uh, that's person. That's me. That's yeah. me. Ah, ah, that's me. But so... In relation to this friendship issue that I had, my therapist said, 
Healthy relationships aren't necessarily based on not fighting. It's about how you resolve the arguments. No, that's where I was at with all of my friends. And this is a very groundbreaking moment. I know we've talked about fighting styles before, like especially between, you know, you and your significant other and how you and I fight with our significant others and our families. But we haven't really talked about fighting with friends. And I feel like that's where I have the most... That's where all my damage really shows. That's where I get to show off all my trauma because I'm the kind of person, and I really hate to admit this, but I'm the person that will have years and years of resentment pile up with a friend. And then all of a sudden, one day they do that last thing that just pisses me the fuck off. Or I have that last therapy session where I have a breakthrough that I need this friendship to be over. And I have in the past, I will admit it, I ghost. Like, I'm just like, it's over. And to me, I'm like, Oh my God, like there's, it's been years of anguish. And to them, they're like, what? We've been having the greatest time. Like they're completely blindsided and it's fucked, but it's like, I just don't like to have many confrontations along the way. I like to save it for the big juicy one, but then I end up just bouncing. Cause there's so much porn out there. I'd like to say on like Instagram, it's like, cut them out of your life. Like, leave yeah, like, fuck the haters. Yes. And I was like, it's not always about that. Totally. There is like so much like, emotional health that exists in conflict and resolution yes and that was hard for me to learn i was like if there's any conflict we run yeah immediately right and then it's over then it's done no and we are like you have the conflict and then you fix it 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 right to this day like even if i get into something with someone you can bet your bottom dollar it's like thursday friday saturday (laughs) sunday i'm like still like feeling like so terrible no i mean i do hear that too though because if i feel like somebody i have the hardest time when i think somebody's upset with me or whatever i can't sleep yeah it's horrible the narratives that i make up in my head like it's like (laughs) unbelievable season of television unbelievable but something that i learned my therapist was talking to me about my traumatic familial experience Mm -hmm. And she was like, Jade, I want to teach you something that, like, might feel counterintuitive. Okay. So it's called gray rocking. And some of you may have heard of it in the context of people that are abusive or dealing with narcissistic individuals. But you can also use it for more benign situations. And this is for people that, not like friends who you can, you know, you can end the friendship and get out of the friendship. This is for people that you have to deal with, that are in your family or in your extended family that, like, They're not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. There are some people that are toxic. Maybe they have BPD. You know, I'm not I'm not Mm -hmm. here to diagnose. I am here to diagnose everyone, (laughs) but I'm not here to diagnose everyone. There are just some people that have toxic demons that they can't get past. And you but you have to interact with them as if everything's fine and normal. Yeah. And she was like, Jade, I want to teach you something that's going to go against everything your body and soul wants to do. But it's really effective. And basically, the idea of gray rocking is if I came to you and I was a toxic individual and I said, Hey, how are you? Or um, they probably wouldn't say that, but you know, like if if I said like, "Oh, um, how's work going?" Yeah. And instead of saying like, "Oh, I'm like trying to give the best answer," right? You try to say like, "Oh, I'm doing all these impressive things." Listen to them because you think that's the best way to handle it. Basically, giving them only what they ask. Because I want to differentiate between just like sitting there like a gray rock, which you think it is, and being like short. This is more like. Just giving them the answers Just of the what basics. they asked. The bullet points. Yes. And like not going beyond that. Uh-huh. So like being like, works great. I really enjoy it. Period. Yeah. Not offering any other, which you and I are privy to do. You we know like what I mean? to or, elaborate. Yes. To be like, oh, everything's <laughs> going great. Like, please love me. You know? <laughs> it's time to like, yeah. 
they're like, okay, but like what you do is fucking ridiculous or stupid. And then you're, you fall victim yeah. to yeah, the yeah, same cycle. Yeah, yeah. This is more so being like, there's a limited amount of information and emotion that I'm willing to give mm-hmm. and like holding on to that steadfastly. So for me, I've tried to implement that into my life and it really is like a muscle that you mm-hmm. have to exercise. Sometimes it works. Sometimes you fall yeah. victim to like falling right back into the trap of giving all the information. Yeah. And then you get met with like something dumb. Like I have a relative in my life that if I say anything, they twist it. To yeah. be, like, negative. Yeah. And you're like, how did yeah. you... It's like Houdini. You're yeah. like, how the fuck did you do that? You're like, what the fuck? So, like, it's really getting used to, like, not... And I'm so used to, like, giving everyone all the information. Yeah. To the point of where you're becoming vulnerable with that person yes. and you don't need to be. And yes. they're not even, frankly, probably asking you to Or be. worth it. Yes. Yeah. And it's not, not worth it. And it's not good for you. Right. And, like, to us, like, our version of 50% of the information is to a lot of other people 100% of the information that you're willing yes. to give. So it's getting comfortable with gray rocking and it's particularly useful in like things like Thanksgiving dinners and things I like, like that. I like that. It's an important lesson to learn. We're yeah. like, you're not being obviously secretive or omissive no. in any way. You're just giving them exactly what they asked you. And if you think about it, that mm-hmm. person that you're thinking about probably gives you the same. And you just don't realize. That's interesting. So then do you follow it up with a question so that the onus is on them to... Sure. Yeah. I think there's like a little... I I mean, I'm sure there are some rules about like how interested you seem in their lives and whatever. But I think it's, okay, if I ask you how your work is and you say, yeah, turn it on them. Like, how's your Mm -hmm. work going? Mm -hmm. When you didn't just bleed out, you Mm -hmm. know? And I think that's where a lot of the self-betrayal comes from is us feeling like we bled out for these people and then they still don't like us. They didn't honor the vulnerability that we showed them. Right. Right. Yeah. So gray rocking is the name of the game. I love that. I'm going to try that. I know. No, yeah. it's it's for and and my therapist was like, Jade, I get that this goes against your human nature completely. Yep. Yeah. And it does. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like I need someone else to step in in those moments where I'm feeling like I can say anything and it'll be twisted in the wrong way. Right. You know, so like gray rocking. Well, this makes me think of my relationship with my sister, mm-hmm. who I love. Mm-hmm. But. My sister, she's an attorney. Yep. Uh, she, yes. Journalist, she... attorney. That's like, <laughs> They get the information. Yes. She does what Bridget Jones, if you ever read that book. Yes. We'll call it jellyfishing. Okay. Where she'll say something and it's sort of floating by all nice and pretty and then all of a sudden you realize you've been stung. Mm. And she is very able to sort of get information and use it against you and sort of in like a mocking way or she'll like reveal stuff she shouldn't in front of a lot of people. It's bad. It's bad. And so when I was in college, I'd had enough. And I basically said to myself, not to her. Little sister revolution. Little sister revolution. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm not giving her any more ammunition. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have a great relationship with her. I'm going to keep it to the basics. I'm going to keep it light, keep it tight. I'm going to talk to her about the weather and what's going on with the family and these things. But I don't need to open up to her about what's extremely vulnerable to me or issues in my relationship or things I'm hurting about because that's not safe with her. Right. And you and I measure closeness in like how honest you're able to be with the other person and that. Is not always safe. No. And she's also someone who wants that information. Right. And you notice that they don't give it. No. You know, you're the only (laughs) one at the end of the day fucking giving it. And you're like, here I am. Yes. Leading out. Leading out. 
And you know what? That was over a decade ago now. Mm-hmm. And my relationship with her has never been better. Like, we have our moments. Right. But I realized about maybe two years after or a year or two after I made that role for myself, she did the thing that she does where she, like, called out something really embarrassing and vulnerable in front of a bunch of people in a way that was really hurtful. And I was, like, hurt. And then I was, like, you know what? The ammunition she has is dated. Right. It's from two years ago. Right. When you didn't gray rock. Exactly. When I didn't gray rock. And so that has, like, made us have this excellent relationship where we can – have a great time. I'm not constantly being hurt by her. You feel safe. I feel safe because I've made the safety for myself in our relationship. I never told her about it, but it's great. She has a great time with our relationship. I have a great time with our relationship. Right. But there is a mourning aspect to that as well where you're like, yep. oh, shit, I can't share all of myself with everyone. Nope. No. Not everyone is going to recognize the magic within me that some mm-hmm. people see. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think or that's a hard thing. Or be careful with those delicate parts. Yeah. And you think like with your family, you should be able to relax yes. fully and be your utmost self. Yes. But like oftentimes that's the place where you got to learn to gray rock. Like yep. with certain members of your family, like yep. who you think you should be the most comfortable with, but like actually you're not safe there. Yeah. And then you just say what you need to say and mm-hmm. then you shut up. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and it is hard. Like it especially hard. for people like you and me who like yeah. bleh, you like want to say everything. Yes. And it is weird. I know. I think that you've had this experience too where it's like easier to say something on in a form like this to many zillions of strangers mm-hmm. than it is to your own family sometimes. Of course. But that's like, I guess, like the name of the game. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's what we all have to kind of think about as we go into this holiday season is like, you can be as healthy as you fucking think. You can be all under a high and mighty horse of your therapy. And, and your, your family will destroy you. Your family will fucking destroy you. <laughs> Truly. And if it's not coming from Aunt Susan, it's coming from mother-in-law. You know yes. what I mean? Like, And that's not to mean like you have to just have a distant relationship with your whole no. family. It's just that you can't have the same relationship with every single person in your life. There it is. And that was hard for me to learn. Yeah. Yeah. I thought if you were close to me, uh-huh. we all had to have the same amount of information as each other. And some people can handle certain things and some people can handle certain others. Different things, yeah. And also that may change as you mm-hmm. guys get older, as they get a husband, as they get they adopt a new religion or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Like this, mm-hmm. those sensitive spots might change. Yeah. Okay. These are hilarious because I write these notes like in real time as they happen. (laughs) And some of them are so angsty. I'm so glad. Like this is a core belief of mine. It really is a high stakes game. There are so many little minuscule ways that you can fuck shit up. I don't know if you guys ever have this intrusive thought, but I have it constantly of how easy it would be to like ruin your life in one day. Like how many people you could offend so easily just by doing like little things, saying stupid shit. It is so easy to fuck up. And there are so many ways that people can judge you. And I've been thinking about that in the context of drinking. At my wedding, for example, I want to drink with everyone else, but God forbid I like do or say something that's unforgivable and I can just never get that day back. You just got to like find like the right amount of Chardonnay or whatever. I should whatever. not throw up. Oh, yeah. Chardonnay. <laughs> no, Chardonnay. I like, Chardonnay that I was like, I haven't had a glass of Chardonnay in oh like Oh my God, years. drink butter. <laughs> like literally drink butter. Like who over the age of 70 likes the Chardonnay? Like bleh. <laughs> like people are like, oh, we have white. And I'm like, thank God, because I don't and drink red like, wine. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my no. God. It's rose or champagne. It's like drinking claustrophobia. 
Yeah, terrible. Ooh, I love a Sauvignon Blanc. Me a too. Grigio, me yeah. too. That light nice. shit. Sauvignon Blanc is like good. Yeah, that's it's my favorite. Good shit. That's yeah. my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there we go. Just, oh, that's why we're rest, friends. The rest is disgusting. Okay, I have some light, 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 and then heavy. Okay. okay. So let's we'll see light. where we're at time wise. Yeah, let's see. I don't know where Brad, our time see. man is gone. I found Brad. Also, Dylan has COVID. He has COVID. Shut <laughs> up. Wait, did he just come home and say he has COVID? I was just talking to him and he like walked over to the table and he's like, it's positive. No. <laughs> he was like, get out of here. <laughs> did you get out immediately? <laughs> no. No, we did. We did. Okay, I just had COVID, so like I can't have it. That's fucking. I don't think I'm gonna guess. I knew he had COVID, you guys. Wait, this is a literally us first realizing that Breaking Dylan has COVID. News. Breaking news. Wow. I knew he had COVID. <laughs> don't go on a bachelor party. What? You will get COVID. That is fuck. I'm so happy. You're like, thank God I'm having a head night and not. I knew he had COVID. I knew he had COVID. When did he get back? Like. Two nights ago. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're all in the same boat here. Oh, my God. Thank God. No, I've been, like, with him for, like, the past three yeah. nights and haven't gotten... She's yeah. not getting COVID. Okay, but you guys, let's celebrate. He has COVID before our wedding. Oh, thank yeah. Thank God. Praise be. The man Praise who thought be. he was invincible got it. Has he had it? Yes. <gasps> this is his first time. What? Okay, so what does he have? <laughs> we'll have you guys leave through the back. Wait. <laughs> he just, he's got it. That's what happens when you do dirty deeds when you on do your bachelor dirty party. Fucking deeds. When you're a dirty dog on your bachelor party, you wake up with fleas. I just need to tell you something that's been bothering me. Okay. Uh-oh. Okay. Let's go from light to dark. Let's okay. end on dark just because okay. that's fun. And I hesitate because like I make tremendous grammatical errors on Instagram at mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But there are some things that I just can't get by. Okay. Right? Okay, so like I still admittedly I will throw myself under the bus first. I have trouble with affect effect. Oh, everyone has that. Okay. You know what? Now people are saying just ignore it, like don't bother Googling it, just use the word impact. 100%. That's what I do now. A hundred percent. Just ex- that's mm-hmm. such a good idea. Yes. Don't tell us we have never taught you anything. I mean, for real, <laughs> it's worth listening to the episode in and of itself. Okay. The affect effect bothers me. But I think people should be able to get breathe versus breath. Oh, God. Literally, we're in the airport. That drives me bananas. We love Khloe Kardashian in this house. We love the Kardashians (laughs) for sure. But like she, if you also notice this as it was happening, like let me know because I think you and I are actually soulmates. We need to be best (laughs) friends. (laughs) When the whole Caitlyn Jenner thing was coming Mm -hmm. out, the Kardashians did an interview. And Khloe Kardashian, God bless her homeschooled self, Mm -hmm. kept saying, He's been my dad since I've been four. Mm-hmm. I've been four. And I truly. I was. I was. That is the thing they all say. They're I've like, been since four. I've been one years old or right. one years. Right. And then I notice it about it myself and I'm like, fuck, how can I be this pretentious Listen, asshole no. that knows this? We song? have to be judgy about certain things. Certain things. We just things. have to know what we know. Affect, effect, you can get away with it forever because like, I yeah. also don't know that. Yeah. Breathe, breath is like. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. One has an E, one uh, Like, they're two different words. Yeah, and it's like, Jade and I is not always the right conjugation. Between you and I is yes. wrong. Or like, if someone is saying, she invited Jade and I to the party. She this was the housewives I. thing that I heard she today. She didn't invite I. No, she did not invite I. She invited me. me. Right. So you just right. take out the other thing. And if it makes sense to say, 
Whitney Rose was, uh, you know, she said today on an episode, <laughs> she invited her and me right. to the party. Between you and I really gets me. Yeah. Yeah. Between you and I. And I have like a grammatical snob as a parent. That shit really bothers me. But yeah. not as much mm-hmm, as people's mm-hmm. morning routine bothers me. Okay. 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 Fuck your morning routine. <laughs> Fuck you and your morning routine. Like there was a time in my life that I really tried to like get with it and COVID be like, took I it have, all away. I have 17 morning routine. I like write in my no. gratitude journal and then no. I like pray Mm-mm. to the gods. You can't do it. You can't do it. <laughs> you can like work out in the morning or make yourself breakfast. Like you can't do You both. cannot do both. No. You can't write in your gratitude journal and And like, meditate and work out. No. I hate you. No. I hate you and your morning routine. I know. It's like you're wasting a lot of time also. Just newsflash. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? All that self-care is a waste of time. It is. It honestly is. Take Lexapro and call it a day. No, like, I just mean, like, I'm so sick of people's morning routines. Like, it makes me sick. Oh, I love you so much. I don't want to live in, in morning routine world anymore. It's a lot of pressure. It's too much pressure. But remember, like, the day and age, like, three years ago when we were all living in, like, If you could have 17 steps to your morning routine, you were like a cool individual. I also want to take away the moral superiority of people who get up early. That's what I'm saying. Even though that is you. But you're not morally superior about it. You're just like, like, I happen to wake up at 6 in the morning. I'm a fucking prick who like can't (laughs) survive. But like, yes, I know. But it it goes literally back to the Puritans. Mm -hmm. We're coming right back to the beginning. Here no, we go. it goes back to the Puritans of like, if you get up early and work hard, you're good. If you lay in bed and you're late and lazy, you're bad. But what it's if you not like get up true. late and you stay up late? And you work you, till 11 p.m. Same like, hours come of the on. day. Not that we should be working till 11 p.m. No, but, but still. Do it. If that's what you need. Fuck this like morning routine. I wake up. Like, what are the other things? They like, I make this 17 step also like matcha. Like, Acai bowl. I postmate shit that is literally 300 feet from me. <laughs> Like, literally, if you knew how close that is I was to Alfred. my favorite of your traits. God damn it. It's like part of this, like, radical self-acceptance that I'm I'm really getting on board yeah. with. Yes. If you, I don't trust you, quite frankly. If you're, like, writing in your gratitude journal and calling your parents and making yourself breakfast and, like, no, and, you're and, a psychopath. and taking 17 supplements. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know why 17 is the number of choice today, but That's it is. That's the number. That's the number. Yeah. I'm over it. Seriously, today I was like, I got to get started with such and such work thing at 9 a.m. And then I got to do this at 10 a.m. and this at 11 And like literally getting up, doing my morning, taking the dog out, this and this. I had to do something friendly for a neighbor. I was just like, how does anyone? Neighborhood yeah. Thing. How does anyone get I know. And started? I work with a lot of people that are on the East Coast. So sometimes my mm-hmm. meetings start at like 8 a.m., 8.30. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, why do you expect me to like... Get my like hot girl walk in and listen to two podcasts no. and like and this bitch gets this up one, early. I get up really fun at the ass crack of dawn, but like a normal person, I scroll through my phone for two hours, like a fucking normal, well-adjusted individual. Like these other, what are you trying to prove? Like, no, the morning gods are not looking down upon you and no. giving you extra points. Also, can we say this it's like blogger mentality? It is blogger mentality. This is what I take on bridge with is what I eat in a day. Yeah, but what- That bullshit curated acai bowl, not to bring that up again, but that shit is like not what you're actually eating in a day. At all. No, who is curating their day? But also whose level head of specificity? is that far up their ass that they actually think <laughs> that if someone asks them, even if one person, which yeah. it is, it is one person, asks you that question. Yeah. 
Don't answer it. What the fuck are you doing? Like, you're lying, A. You're, you're lying. You're just making up content. And yeah. you're also not, you're excluding genetics. You're excluding, like, all the other yes. shit you might do. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I'm so over this, like, my smoothie recipe. No. No. No more. But can I tell you something I'm falling for? I have not purchased yet, but I am falling for. I want every one of the Lemmy gummies. Oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> Let me de-bloat? Fine. Fine. That is the one that's really gotten me. I'm like, can you just make me Yeah, like 100%. Though? Right. That's fine. Like, yes, we're all for, we're here for like bettering yourself on your yes. own time. On, on your, your own At two time. o'clock in the afternoon. Not like, yes. you know, like I'm just so sick of like yes. this morning routine makes me holier than thou yes. mentality. Can I tell you one of the best things I ever heard, which I was in this women's group that I probably talked about, but I was in this women's group and one of the ladies in there was like Oprah's party planner. It's Debbie Lilly. She was like, people think balance looks like fitting all that stuff into one day. Right. Balance is actually. I love the way you say some balance. Bal- and I heard, I I heard my it. Midwest coming I out there. I love it so much. <laughs> balance is actually some days, some weeks, some months. I'm going to be better at being with my family. Right. And other ones, I'm going to be better at doing my job. And other ones, I'm going to be better at working out every day. Yeah, why, and when did we start measuring ourselves within 24 hours? No, it's a seesaw. Like, some weeks are going to be more focused toward your family. Some weeks are going to be more focused toward yourself or your work or whatever. That's just how it goes. And that's okay. If you're meditating and gratitude journaling in one day, you are... You are... <laughs> We have respect, you, but also, like, no, you're doing too much. You're doing too, It's like, come on. Yeah. No, stop yeah. it. One. Just one. Stop it. Watch it. Watch <laughs> an episode of your favorite show. Yeah, I That'll like that. That'll give you that much of, like, a as much of a serotonin boost yeah. as, like, your fucking three things that could go well today. Yes. So, just to wrap this in a nice, pretty little bow, I these are just some of the tips and tricks I think we could all use in surviving this holiday season because Lord knows none of us will get out unscathed. These will help us tolerate and be the best version of ourselves when our family inevitably fucking tries us. So, I have an idea. If you guys have any holiday horror stories, like embarrassing moments, traumatic moments, or just really annoying examples of things that your family says over the holidays... DM them to me, and then I'll gather them all together, and I'll share them on the show over Thanksgiving week. So we can just commiserate and have some solidarity around surviving our families over the holiday season. It's okay if you need some space around Thanksgiving time. Yes, and if you need to (laughs) abandon yourself and all of your personality traits to get through a dinner, that's okay. Maybe do that. There will be a safe place for you to, like, put all of that And it's right here on this podcast. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So share with us your Thanksgiving holiday horror stories with your family. Yes. Because I'm going to build like this whole, I want to like get a bunch of stories that we can all share to like not feel as shitty about ourselves. I love it. Can you please share these on your stories? Yes. 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 So like we'll gather them on Instagram and then like we'll go from there because like I think there's just a lot of stories to be told. Like honestly, the worse the better. Okay. So we talked for like four hours. We did. We did. Enjoy. I love you. Thank you so much for doing this with me. And we're out. Bye, guys.